0: And welcome to another edition of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard here right alongside none other than Sean Tesh. How you doing, John?
1: I'm doing great, and we are broadcasting from uh, the stage at the Barbara B. Mann yeah, Performing, perform- Arts, performing Arts, Arts, Center. Arts Center in Fort Myers. And Florida. we are uh, two hours, an hour and 45 minutes away from right. going on stage, and we have our, uh, our VIP members they are here. who are in the audience. And-,
0: and if you want to see us live, this is our last show for 2018. And this is our Thanksgiving episode of the podcast, and it's going, to be, it's going to be a little different than some of our other episodes. But if you want to see us live, you can go ahead and check us out at Teshmusic.com, see all of our upcoming shows. We've got a bunch in early 2019 where you can see us uh, in a town near you, and you can let us know uh, where, where, where we should go if you want to. You <laughs> yeah, want to. No, don't do that. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Let us know to come. Yeah. To. Well, my, yeah. my
1: wife may I'll tell. I'll tell you where to go. My wife may tell me. Yeah. Uh, so, And this podcast is, uh, is brought to you by us. And no, <laughs> this this podcast is about gratefulness. It, it is about. Gibb has put together some some uh, some great data, and uh, and as we close in on Thanksgiving, uh, we should talk about uh, about the data on what happens to your body. You guys have uh, how many of you guys by applause out there? How many of you guys have listened to? And there's and by the way, it's not going to sound like, like four thousand people. These are no VIPs. These yeah, are yeah. The, the best of the best. How many people listen to the radio show? That's great, man. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you may have heard uh, us talk about, you know, the power of journaling and gratefulness. And that, let's just talk real quickly, then. We do want to take some of your questions. According to an analysis, give of more than 40 scientific studies, having an attitude of gratitude will change your life dramatically. Research in the journal American Psychologist showed that making a list of three things that go well every day increased the happiness levels of volunteers. And the longer volunteers continued to write down what made them grateful, the better they felt. The National Institute of Mental Health found that people who regularly thank their spouse for doing everyday chores—oh, this
0: is too true—like
1: <laughs> cleaning the kitchen or taking the dog to the vet—have happier, more stable marriages. And and gratefulness is also good for your career.
0: It's it's good for everything. But look, you you know, you bring up the spouse element, right? And the spouse thing is actually a really good metaphor for how, or 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 uh, or case study for how it, how it should all go. Because the deal is, any couple, no matter how amazing the two people are, can resent each other over time for all the little petty things. That happened, but if you constantly remind yourself of the things that you're supposed to be grateful for with the other person, the nice things that they do for you, making that mental switch in your head will make you appreciate that person more and when you appreciate them, your whole marriage gets better, your whole life gets better. You're not focusing on the toilet seat issue because you're thankful that they make you coffee in the morning or whatever that, whatever, whatever the turn needs to be for you.
1: I know you love to wash the dishes because uh, you like the whole zen of it. Also um, nobody yeah. bothers you when you're washing right, the dishes. Right, but dude, do you, does your wife thank you when you do the dishes? I don't care. No, that means, by, by, n- that by means by the, no. No, wait, no, because here's
0: the deal. We're both to the, we're both hip to it. So in other words, we both know that the person washing the dishes isn't the one that doesn't have to put the kids to bed. Oh, I got you. And gotcha. the putting the kids to bed yeah. is the worst of the I two gotcha. chores. Oh, I'll take the dishes. Right. Oh, I'll, yeah. Right. Uh, you think you're being yeah. a martyr, but really yeah. you're trying to take the yeah. easier the easier job. Let's,
1: let's put it to the audience here. Who uh, does anybody here uh, keep a, a, a gratitude journal? By, by oh, you guys do. Okay, awesome. And and how often? What's your name? Becky. 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 How how often do you uh, do you write in your journal? You do. And and, uh, have you experienced benefits from that? I have, especially when I go back previous months to see what I was grateful for. Mm -hmm. And it's just,
0: you notice it's the little things. Right, right. I got to drink my coffee while it was hot. Yeah. I got the kids to the bus stop on time. Right, just the
1: little things that matter. Do you ever sneak a, are you you her uh, husband? Do you ever sneak a look at the journal? No. That's good. That's smart. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people who journal. They'll say that they're afraid that they, that they can't be honest, right? And they're sort of writing to impress somebody else. You, I, do you, but you, you actually write with a pen and paper, right? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, you're not afraid somebody's going to grab it when you're gone? No. Okay. I you, keep mine with me probably, all the time. You probably have less secrets than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else keep a gratitude journal? You, you said you do? Uh, yes? Yeah? How often do you write in it? Once a week, yeah? And so wh- who has the most bizarre thing that they're grateful for right now? Yes, oh, sir. Yeah. Go
0: ahead. <laughs>
1: Bourbon. That doesn't seem you know? that
0: bizarre. We're going to be spending time with family over the next yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah. Go,
1: go ahead, go ahead. My 100-year-old mother. Your 100-year-old mother. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, grateful this is uh, is something that um that I uh am experiencing now because if you've listened to the radio show and listened to Gib and I talk on the show and on the podcast, I'm on the other side and, and this is what we're going to talk about in this concert a little bit, um, is I'm on the other side of three years of of a successful cancer battle. And and when you have a doctor look you right in the eyes and say yeah you know I can probably give you uh, eighteen months uh, so and, and so I'm like it's basically terminal and he's like well we're all terminal aren't we you know but, Th- thanks um, a lot <laughs> yeah right but but I'm gonna uh, give you one star on Yelp Doc. <laughs> but that'll definitely yeah, contribute to uh, to 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 gratefulness let's do uh, it
0: makes you appreciate every little thing and when you, that's that's why so many people on the other side of, of a life threatening illness are more grateful because. They see something different in every bird chirping and in every morning sun that comes up. Yeah.
1: I, I don't write. I, I mean, I have a journal, but I'm just not. i bought you like four of them. I know. I, I know. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not consistent. Um, but, you know, psychologist Robert Emmons is the author of the book, Thanks, How the New Science of Gratitude Can Make You Happier. He conducted a study with organ transplant patients in which he divided them into two groups. Both groups recorded their feelings about life, their medical condition, their connections to others and the side effects they were feeling from medications. The only difference was one group was asked to make a daily list of five things or people they were grateful for, and after 21 days, those who kept gratitude journals had improved scores for mental health and general well-being, and it led to better recovery and better physical health.
0: Look, all the people that we follow, are all the, all the productivity experts, the Tim Ferriss, is, the Ryan Holidays, they are all journaling fanatics. They all believe in journals. When I had Ryan Holiday on the podcast, he talked about how important journaling is is it the one thing you could do to be journaling uh, the one thing you could do to improve your life is to journal and there there is absolutely something about it again when you have to put your when you have to put your gratefulness the things you're grateful for into language your brain is wired to feel things differently when you actually express it. And the process of physically writing it down is going to make a difference in how you internalize that gratefulness. And that's going to boost everything. It's going to boost your mood, which we know lowers your stress, which we know helps your immune system. So, of course, that works. Yeah. So
1: let's take a break from, uh, from the data for just a second. And, um, and I, want, I want to thank you guys for, for showing up before the show. But I also want to just, and, and, and we're taking a left turn here. Um, we, want to come, we want you guys to come up. I want to show you everything we're going to be doing with the show tonight. Um, maybe you have some tips for me. But also, uh, if you have any questions at this point, just, just shout them out. Raise your hand first. Sorry. Any questions? It is guys. <laughs> That's <laughs> our executive Myers. producer, Scotty Myers, who yeah, 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 yeah. has the voice of a uh, ahead, 19-year-old Casey Kasem. From- yeah um i i I do stay in touch with Mary although it's not i feel like you know we used to we used to talk about once every you know three or four months. I stay more in touch with the boys so uh rob uh Bob goen uh Rob Weller and uh Mark Steinus all three of us uh, uh four of us we worked uh, with mary Hart. at uh, I was there for ten years I think Steinus was there for even even longer than that but I don't feel like I need to to uh, call Mary recently because i'm watching her. Uh, during the uh, world series that 's what 's up doing that doing that dance you know um, yeah, go ahead.
0: I ran into her recently at a Dodger game, by the way. This is my Mary Hart story. And I, and I, told, her, I told her, you know, oh, yeah, I, 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 draw and, and I, I met you back when you know I, when he was on Entertainment Tonight and all that stuff. And she she stopped and, like, gave me a big hug and, and was very, very kind. And then Bert was, like, trying to move her. Bert's her husband. <laughs> trying to, like, move her along. Um, and so, you know, Mary, if you ever want me to come with you to a Dodger game, I'll, I'll let you talk to whoever you want as long as I get those seats. Uh,
1: okay. Say it again. For listen, sure. listen, I have to tell you a quick story because um, I've never really told this story from the stage. I, technically, I am on a stage, but uh, well, I, I came to Entertainment Tonight in 1986. And I, um, I was doing, I had done news for many years, local news, and, and then I was, uh, well, I was a sportscaster. So I was pretty intense. And I was, I was in the boys' club, right? Uh, that, that was back in the day when very few women were actually sportscasters. And so when I got hired to do uh, Entertainment Tonight, uh, I showed up, and I just wasn't a great co-host. You know? I, you know, M- Mary is such a sweetheart from South Dakota, and, she, and she's, she'd be like, you know, something would happen, and she'd go, oh my gosh, they look like they're friends off screen as well, John. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know? <laughs> I was just uh, pretty much a jerk. And so the, uh, the executive producers of Paramount Television, um, the produce entertainment tonight, they, they, they said, you, get, you need to go see a body language expert. Uh, you need to go to, to basically see a host therapist. So they sent me to Austin, Texas, and I didn't want to go. They said, we'll fire you if you don't go. And they, and she, this woman in Austin, Texas, this nice motivation, by the way. Yeah, no, it was great motivation. That's what I, what I needed. She, uh, she had all these tapes, and she had cut out all the parts where or cut, or, or, or cut out everything but the parts where I was just sort of like, you know, whatever, you know rolling my eyes and stuff like that. And she said, she said you're a jerk. And, um, and it was great because Mary – uh a- actually um put up with me and, and, and then and then once i became a better host right a nicer guy um on the air she um we we had a, a great relationship it was like really like a, a brother and sister relationship yeah 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 right yeah yeah anybody else <laughs> i'm sorry did you I, I may have missed that did you say you, you didn't i said we didn't notice how bad you, really were. you, said you yeah <laughs> first couple first couple of months yeah i can show you some tapes if you want yeah yeah for sure uh come on anybody else with a question about anything, go ahead. What do, you, what do you like about music and radio? Um, I like the, you know, I, uh, what do you like about music and radio? I mean, so many times people have asked, hey, you know, can you, if you had to pick one, right? Right. And then my answer is, well, I don't have to, you know, because <laughs> it, I mean, I think you're going to see in this show uh, when Gib and I come out here, and, and, and Prima, uh, uh, my my daughter, his sister, is going to be out here, and Mark Visher, the sax player, is that um, it, it, it's this show is about communication so it's about story it says songs and stories right but it's about um For those of you just listening right <laughs> behind us is a giant science is john tesh right. songs and stories right. from the grand piano yeah absolutely um and and we i think we've sort of we use in this show we use all the tools that we have right so whether it's a whether it's projection or whether it's uh you know collaborating as artists or, or singing or, or or dancing and so um I, I love I love the opportunity to influence people. I, I think is the way is the way to to, uh, to say that. And certainly now, when I've been through a um, you know uh, an intense uh, life threatening battle, I feel like I have some stories that can be useful to people. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Can you tell me how do you keep positive in today's world and keep up your great messages that you give us every day? Writers, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> writers, yeah. How do I stay positive? What would you say, Gib?
0: Uh, I, I think, you know, the what, what we were talking about earlier, this idea of gratefulness, of focusing on the things that are positive. Uh, everybody always you – know, we live on a spectrum of 7 billion people, and one person has it literally the best, and somebody has it literally the worst. So you're, most of us are somewhere in the middle of that bell curve, and so you always have something to be grateful for and something to strive for. And as long as you have something to strive for, you have purpose. And as long as you have something to be grateful for, you can stay positive. Yeah.
1: That's great. Yeah. I mean, I – I, one of the things I've learned is that there's this great uh, evangelist that I that that, that that I follow. He's a great teacher. His name is uh, Andrew Womack uh, W O M M A C K, and he he is um, he, he's big on guard your heart. So it's you know you will become what you listen to uh, most of the time, with, and and you will become uh, you, you're, the, you're the sum you're the sum of uh, the the parts of the people you hang out with. And so I've really tried to not watch stuff on television or or binge I, I mean i was a big binge watcher and really sort of focus on uh on meditation i mean i happened to to be um uh, just very marinated lately in, in in scriptures and so um you know there's a, you're going to hear about a scripture t- today mark 11:23 which is tattooed on my arm which is basically how i try to live my life and and it's um it, and as long as i the more i it's and it's a it's a it's a muscle right so the more i fill my brain with uh with scripture and positive messages messages there's just no room for any anything else and it sounds sort of i know it sounds really vanilla but it, but it works you know because because what, what you what 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 enters your eyes what enters your ears ends up shaping your personality you know yeah anybody else I haven't talked to Charlie in a while. We we sort of went our separate ways when I I stopped touring for uh, a while. We were doing like fifty city tours, and I stopped touring for a while uh, when Primo was born. In uh, you know right 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 before Red Rocks, and so we so we were doing these big tours, and it was really affecting my marriage. Where Connie was home taking you know, full care of uh, you know the kids, and and so. Um he's been doing a lot of orchestral stuff. He plays on a lot of TV stuff, but we've talked about, you know, Red Rocks is uh, coming up on 25 years next August. We've talked about getting together and doing a, you know, doing a Red Rocks at, uh, at at 25. Yeah.
0: We ran into him with the Grammys a couple years ago. Yeah,
1: he's great. He's crazy. Do you come from a family of musicians? I do come from a family of of musicians. Um my my sister and we talk about this t- uh, on the show. My my uh, my eldest sister. Uh, my, I, I had two sisters, eleven years and nine years older than me. And, and Bonnie was a cellist. Mary Ellen was a piano player. My dad was a. Um, I don't even know if I, if you knew this. My dad was a violin player. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we had a violin. That's like one of the three stories I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we had a vi- He had a vi- We had in our house a violin on the wall that uh, the strings were off, and it was a planter. <laughs> so he stopped. Uh, he stopped playing. Maybe it bothered yeah. your mom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my mom was a um, uh, was a taskmaster. I mean, she would put this minute minder uh, egg timer on the piano, and um, and she would uh, you know set that thing to a couple of hours, and I had to practice my scales. You had a question over here? What's your favorite song that you enjoy playing? I I well, it sort of changes every night. You know, I I really enjoy. Um I really enjoy playing Spanish Steps, which is the first song we play every night. Which is it's a complicated song for me to play, and, it, and it's it's energetic. I like the big bombastic songs. I also like a, a song that uh, that Gib and I did not write, uh, but Leonard Cohen wrote, and it's Hallelujah. Do you know that song? Yeah, and and Gib performs it on on ukulele. Uh, I don't want to give it all away, but he performs it on ukulele, and it's really and it's. It's one of those things where you can never tell about a song, right? You, you'll play a song, and you think, oh, this is going to be great. And the audience is like, you know, oh, thank you. You know, or you play something else, something really simple. And people are like, you know, oh, man, that really moved me. And when we play Hallelujah. Um, the whole audience will be singing, you know. I mean, the whole audience just start. And we used to say, hey, sing along with us. And now it's just, well, we'll just sit here and watch what happens. And and I think it's just people really enjoy um, his performance on that song. And it's sort, it's it's really an unusual instrument to play a song that's that, because ukulele is usually sort of fun and lilty and, and cute, you know, and and somewhere, what is it? Uh, some, oh, somewhere, somewhere over the rainbow? Somewhere, yeah. Somewhere yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's was good. <laughs> hey, well, your, yeah, the, your, the show hasn't started yet. <laughs> I haven't warmed up. I don't <laughs> no, want them to judge why, me now. That's why I'm not singing. Yeah, that's why I'm not singing yet. Uh, all right, yeah, anybody else? Yeah. Uh, at what age did you start playing the piano and at what age were you actually performing i was suffering at the piano at age six um i don't i don't know any six-year-old that's like oh my gosh i can't well, maybe there are a few i
0: don't and know my it, oldest my oldest really liked it when when our, we had a music teacher that lived down the street she didn't like practicing but she liked going to music class
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well uh and that was yeah, and that was great because it was really interactive it wasn't mm-hmm. but but i mean little hands you know at six years old and a, and a big thing you know like this steinway over here you know it's really hard to to make sounds out of that but um, I, I think it's—the one thing I have a real problem with is people who say, you know, I, I had my daughter—I was getting my daughter piano lessons, but um, she didn't really want d- to continue, and I didn't want to put that on her. And I'm like, okay. I come from the world where it's like, hey, Johnny, you want to play piano? Yeah, I want to play, p- play piano. Okay, you're going to play for two hours every day for the rest of your life. Otherwise, you can't go out, you know. And I, I, I don't even think it's about a musical instrument. I, I just think it's about— it's about Learned discipline, about discipline, yeah, discipline, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean that's 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 the difference. The difference between what is it that uh, Muhammad Ali said? He said he hated every minute of training, but he told himself that if I if he pushed himself through the training, he could live the rest of his life a champion. And that is the mindset that you get from something like a musical instrument or or learning, uh, becoming a skilled athlete. It's a it's like uh, that amazing snowboarder Chloe Kim and her dad. Her dad driving her, quitting his job to drive her up to the mountain every day. It was about teaching her how to get. Well, he didn't know that she was gonna be a gold medalist, but it was about teaching her that perseverance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean Muhammad Ali also said, you know, uh, I don't I don't start counting push ups until I'm in pain. Yeah. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Let's do one more, then we can get up here and get pictures. So do you think your mom forcing you to practice every day got you where you're at? You think was a good thing? Oh, it was absolutely a good thing. Yeah. I mean the you know, the uh the the um the ability to be able to read music is interesting. Right. But the, um, uh, the discipline of, of being able to, well, of being able to hear the music and also scales, right. Is, is so much more important. And I think that, that learning your scales, like, you know, you know, in all, in all the different keys, if you have that then you can pretty much do anything, Uh, you know, I tried to teach my daughter how to play piano, and so she became a dancer. And um, and uh, uh, Gib plays piano too, but it, but it's um, it's one of those things where I, I, I have special respect for for jazz players like like Mark, who's our, our saxophonist, mm-hmm. who listen more than they re- I mean, he can yeah. read. Yeah, but l- but listening is really important, and, and that's one of the things that you'll see tonight. Um, sorry, folks, uh, on, the, on the podcast, but when you come to a concert, you'll also Cash
0: see dot if you're interested in coming yeah, yeah.
1: to one. Um, but uh, what happens in in this show? and You should watch for it. Is that we're changing arrangements as we go and 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 listening? You know, and that's the beauty of being in a in a, in a group of like two or three people is that if you you're forced to listen because there's no there's no there's no roadmap for it. And I think that that's a probably good advice for life, right?
0: I I and that's a, a, that's great advice for life. It's also if you if you're not musically inclined, I recommend taking an improv uh, comedy class. Because they have them for all skill levels, even if you're, just a, even if you're a plumbing supply salesman. There are You can go and take a high-end improv comedy class, and the number one thing you will learn is, one, how to listen, and two, how to respond in a constructive way. That is 90%. You, you're not, you may not make it all the way to Saturday Night Live, but you will learn a life skill that I think is really important, whether it's musically- or uh, or using something like and countries.
1: i have to say you know the average age of our audience members and the average age of our of our our listeners on the radio is you know well it's it's 40 to 70 plus right and uh i get these questions all the time and I, you know i think that i'm 66 okay i think that right now 60 even 50 right is the best time to learn how to play an instrument and 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 the reason is because you actually care about it mm. you know and and um and Gib, who's not fifty or not even forty, but he he decided he wanted to learn how to play the ukulele, and you have to tell because you can do this, right? Because the ukulele, you tell, you Su- should tell ukulele
0: it. is super easy, and you can get a decent one, like one that will hold a tune for you know, like thirty bucks. You can get, you can get, you can get one. Um, you can spend two hundred bucks if you want, but you can get a decent one for for like thirty bucks, uh, and and it's super easy. And I did it. I did it to to alleviate stress during. Um, during uh, a pregnancy of my wife's, so uh, I, I picked it up just on a lark as a stress reliever, and uh, you'll see, you guys will see it in the show tonight. I do some some bits about about why I started playing it, and and it is it is a great stress reliever. It's super portable. It's a great instrument to learn. Half the chords are just one finger, so it's really easy to get to get started on. So if you want to learn something, uh, I, I highly recommend it. Also, you know, there's an old Chinese proverb. <laughs> I, I seriously, uh, I know I, I always do this. But there's an old Chinese proverb. that says, "The best time to plant a tree was ten years ago. The second best time is today." So if you if you didn't learn how to play an instrument ten years ago, today is the best time. The second best time to
1: learn. So um, uh, I, I I'm actually uh, in the middle of writing a book, and and if you guys uh, just make sure we have your your email address before before you leave, I'll send you some excerpts uh, from it. But I want to take one more question. Then we're going to say goodbye to the podcast. Crew, the podcast listeners, right? So you guys can come up and we can grab some from some photos. Can we, so can I have one more question? You have had cancer, so how did you work through that? How did I do? What was the last part? of it? How did I work through it? Yikes! How did, you, how did, you work how did I work through? How did, you how did I work through the cancer thing? Well,
0: well, how did you continue working while you had it? Yeah. How shall I answer that? Uh. I mean, it's a big part of the show. I mean, they, they, that's a big theme that we're, you're going to see from the st- from the stage tonight. Is is what you how you work through it? And it wasn't it wasn't always easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the the uh, the the important answer right to that is the not, not necessarily the technical answer is that uh, Gib and Prima and Connie, my wife, they it was really a it was really a, a family thing. You know, it, it, with all the all the generations all the way down and so we knew that it was going to be a, a battle and so the weapons that we used were we found really good doctors because it required surgery right i had six real real virulent tumors and uh and then then the follow up is you know everybody wants to just kill your body like right? with chemo and antigen there have, have you had cancer no yeah you have, you have several friends yeah and that's really the the way it is we all know somebody has touched it yeah i would say the the you know the number one thing that got me through it was was knowing that I think I probably I mean I hate to say it but and, and Gib knows this I think I probably would have taken myself out if I didn't have my family because it was chemo chemo was really bad for me I, I couldn't get out from under the the, the nausea uh, and even worse was the androgen deprivation therapy yeah. which they take all the testosterone out of your body and you can't sleep and you lose all this weight and you just look terrible um, but the, what keeps me alive now and focused is uh, is is meditation on these specific uh, scriptures. And, uh, and and re- and you'll hear you'll hear this in the show is that not just praying in your head, but speaking it out loud, which is the way they did in the old and the New Testament, right? You, you'll have what you you'll have what you say. Um, I had a really good crew around me too with, with the radio show, and um, and there were just days when they had to put in a best of show, uh, and 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 because they're so creative, that people didn't notice, and I didn't announce that I was I had cancer. Many many days I would just do it on my back. Like this, you know, and Gib would help me, and and uh, fortunately, it didn't affect my voice. So, I mean, everything else, but my voice. <laughs> but I tried to power through. I was in the gym with Gib. Yep. I mean, and what was crazy
0: with the androgen deprivation therapy is you would go into the gym and you would work out as hard as I've ever seen you work out. And, and then like the next Looked day, like Herman. <laughs> and the next day you'd just be, you know, you'd have no results from it. I mean, it just, every day it would just, you just get smaller and smaller no matter how hard you worked yeah. out, which is, yeah. which is really disheartening if you're yeah. into weightlifting yeah. at all.
1: But Gabe and Prima still look after me, you know, it's like when we're on, we're on the road together and you're going to meet Prima in the, in the show. And, um, they're always sort of have one eye on me. Like, is he going to pass out or something? Cause this, this tough, and this is our, this is our fifth concert, uh, in four days right and and so and we did two in a row and we were at the at, at the villages so it's intense but there's nothing more joyful than playing an instrument i mean i i i can't think of anything you know that's more joyful than, than joyful than be able to express yourself with an instrument or, with, or 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 by writing so listen why don't you guys come on up here gib why don't we say goodbye to the, the podcast to to wrap it up right yeah, now? let's wrap it up well, let's yeah.
0: say one thing real fast before we go let's say one thing you're thankful for since this is the thing yeah podcast, yeah i'm
1: I I'm thankful for um a, a a a very intelligent family right so it's 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 easy to say oh, I'm thankful for my family, but I'm thankful for my smart family. My family does it's just in their DNA uh you know Gib and Connie Prima, all of them they're really, really smart, and if they can't figure out something. They will. They'll find the, the 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 most intelligent person to to help them, and that's really what kept me alive. Was was having, you know, when people say, "Hey, I'm sending you prayers and thoughts. I'm sending you good light." And you know, this was this was not that for my family. They were here's a scripture. You need to stand on this. Here's the ketogenic diet. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the uh, Gib and Connie. I'm gonna do the diet with you. We're gonna kill this cancer. Here we are. We're gonna pray together. We're gonna do this. It was it was action because faith without works is dead, and that's. That's what I'm grateful for, is that you guys are so action-oriented.
0: Well, I'm grateful you made it to the other side, and I'm also grateful to all of you who are listening. In particular, I am thankful to Jennifer Huddy, who listens to the, to the, to the podcast and recently posted a quote that we said during one of our podcasts, where, I t- where actually I said it, where people should run into other people with their cars in order to meet people in this day and age. It's the only way to meet somebody in L.A. Now, that was a joke, but apparently somebody thought it was offensive, and Jennifer took the pain she took the brunt of it from people and uh, uh so she got she got the pushback so i want to thank jennifer for that and also all of you guys for listening all of you guys that are here right now this is Intelligence for Life the Podcast. I'm Gib Gerard alongside John Tesh. If you want to follow up with us, Facebook.com slash John Tesh is where we spend spend most of our time. John's also on Twitter at John Tesh, on Instagram, at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on all the social media platforms. More than anything else, you can see us live at Teshmusic.com. Also, all of our stories, all of the places to listen to the radio show on Tesh.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us. If you don't like it, then don't rate it. We we don't we don't we don't we don't need to hear that. Thank you guys for listening.